Welcome to every album ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined as always by my plaid clad co-host Alexander Volt. 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 I said your <laughs> name votes so many times right there. Uh, say hello. Hello. You know it's not easy, and uh, you've you've never messed it up until today. So it, 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 it is an easy name when you when you know how it's pronounced. That's true. And That's- I've also said it. Hundreds of times on camera, yes. On camera, this is every album ever. The podcast we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's usually a new discography per episode, except for bigger discographies like this one, where we have to split them up into multiple parted episodes. And uh, we'll be discussing what, 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 what's today. What's today? Uh, fans will be real excited. We're talking about Can today. Can hell yes, part one. This is uh, from 1968 to 1973, also known as the. Damo Suzuki years for the most part. Um, we were going to do the entire discography in one episode, and then um, at the last minute, we added a, we added two albums to the to the list because we felt they were necessary to cover, and that bumped it to thirteen albums. And I thought it would be a f- four hour episode. Yes, and it, we don't need to do that again. No, we don't. It would not do a uh, a service to this band, and I'm sure Tom has. Lovely notes. Yes, yes. So we have plenty of notes here from our our boy Tom Osman, our history guy who does all the stuff for us. So check him out in all the places. You should see it on the screen right now. Uh, this is also the 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 winner of our not our most recent poll, but one of our polls on Patreon. Check yes. that out. Uh, this one beat. I forgot who it beat, but uh, I was worried it wouldn't win. I was like afraid to put Ken on the list out of mm. fear that it it won it decisively. In a landslide. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I I guess the people who like us also know what we like and like the same things that we like. It's been a while since we've rocked on to Kraut Rock Avenue. Yeah. uh, We did Noi forever ago. A long, long time ago. Uh, I guess early craft work counts. Yes. Did that. And and that's it. That's it. That's all we've done. But uh, yeah, this is one I've been itching to do for a while. And, and then uh, maybe one day, I don't know how many albums Faust has. Oh, I don't know either. I don't remember. But if that's manageable, I feel like that's like the, the big, big four. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even put Kraftwerk in there because they, they veered so quickly to yeah. electronic. But then you get um Dual 2 or whatever. Oh, yeah. They're like another big one. Uh. But Ken, Ken is one of those bands where uh, I always feel like no one has ever heard of them and no one would even bother like giving them a chance. And then I find out that everybody loves them like afterward. It's, I keep finding random like random people who already like them when it doesn't seem like they would have ever even heard of them. It's a crazy band because I remember hearing them for the first time and I couldn't believe they weren't held in the same regard as like a a pink floyd but obviously they have like a you know um a cult more like cult following Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's just so so crazy the the things these guys are doing and uh i once uh, we there was a venue in LA. I hesitate to call it a venue, but I guess it's a venue. I don't know if you ever went there called Safari Sam's. Oh, Jesus! I don't think I ever been there, but I passed by it a number of times, and it was always a shithole. It's not bad, but it's also more like a restaurant. Yeah. And I remember seeing Demo Suzuki was going to play there one evening, mm-hmm. 
And I went over there thinking it's going to be packed. Yeah. It was like me and five other people. Are you serious? That makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. It's one Holy of those. Shit. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's cool for me, but this must like. That's like the big, exact polar opposite of what I've like experienced with Ken. Where like, I think no one's heard of them, but everyone's heard of them. And you're going to the thing with their most known and popular vocalist. Yeah. <laughs> no, in LA where, and no one shows up. It's, what the fuck? I, I don't, I don't know what the fuck was going on there. Uh, why it was such a low attendance um and if i was him i would never ever play la again after that <laughs> or keep doing it and, and just keep doing it <laughs> until more people show up yeah i would I, I i imagine he would he'd be the type to just fucking keep running at the wall and i i, I would i would agree with that but uh can I, I don't how did i fucking I, my brother robert for sure turned me on to them but it was more recent and it, recent is not a early early 20s yeah so a long time ago now but uh yeah maybe late teens i was like going to like just starting college and and then uh i don't even yeah it was it was one album and then from there uh i i, I guess i i I got a hard drive of his or something and had a bunch of stuff on it and a few of their other albums were on there i was like oh hello uh and never ventured past what we're covering today Yes. So like I basically heard everything here. Well, not everything here, but almost everything here. Uh, on our part two episode, I will have heard nothing. So it's very different experience, I guess. But uh, I absolutely love this band. Insanely underrated, even though they more lately they've been, they've been sampled to death. I mm-hmm. mean, notably by by Kanye, he sampled the shit out of them. And then even like who is it? Who's someone else that really stinks that sampled them? It's sampled vitamin C. <laughs> uh, I'm not uh, sure. I know it was like Will Smith or something or, or Jaden Smith or, or something. Someone whom I don't really respect musically. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say I don't I don't like the music Willow and Jaden are putting out. Arguably not for me, but I feel I feel like they're doing their best. Uh, I don't think they're doing the best. <laughs> I, have, I actually have no idea. They sure they are. I have no idea. I'm just talking Le, shit. Les Claypool gave it up for Willow. So uh, really, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's probably getting paid some weird sex cult thing in the behind the scenes. I bet <laughs> uh, he's <laughs> Les Claypool like <laughs> hanging out with the Smiths. Oh man, what a what a wacky scene that would be. Oh, hundred percent. It was Jaden Smith, Rory and Jaden Smith. So yeah, the the clearly sampled a lot, a lot, a lot, especially stuff from one particular album sampled a lot, lot, lot. Uh, And I I guess that's cool. I I don't really like that so much because I mean, I'm not of the the grandpa camp of uh, anti sampling, Mm -hmm. but when it's like a, when the song is revolving around a thing that is very much unchanged from the original thing, that that's that was taken from somewhere else. Yeah, I have a huge bias against that. Like that's, I mean, it's the whole uh, ice ice baby thing. It's like, oh, you just stole the whole baseline, and then you you wrote a whole song based on the foundation of someone. Like sampling is can be fucking incredible. Like I don't need to give examples because there's a trillion. But like in the earlier days, like Public Enemy, where you know you don't really recognize it from this thing that they took it from it's like a it's like a collage of a bunch of things and it's it you know create something new from it so when i hear how, how jaden smith sampled can i get very fucking angry <laughs> haven't even heard it 
and it's not going to spend the time. So, so I heard it by accident. It was oh, yeah. That's so we'll be covering Daft Punk next week. Oh, oh, <laughs> overrated city, dude. Uh, so can 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 German oh. obviously because Krat Rock. Also, quick quick note. First time I heard of them uh on top of being into metal as a young man i really bought into like the garage rock thing um how do you mean like you know white stripes okay the hives things like that there's a band called the mooney suzuki oh that's right yeah yeah and uh they don't play kraut rock but uh that's they named themselves after the two can singers yeah yeah the, so, two, the first two can singers yeah that was my first uh I, I don't know when I'd talk about the Mooney Suzuki again. Probably so. not for a while, but this is as relevant as ever. Yes. Uh, uh, I, I like their first two albums. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so, Ken, yeah, made up of, uh, well, there's revolving door lineup, but the main three, I guess, are, uh, uh, hold on. I, 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 rem- I, rem- I learned how to pronounce a lot of these names. Oh, shit. But I may have forgotten. So, like, the... Top dog, top two dudes are Erman Schmidt on keyboards and keys and, and some vocals. And uh, Holger Shukai. 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 Shukai sounds right. I think it's Shukai uh, on bass and vocals. Well, bass and, you know, Various shit. Various other things. Bunch of other shit, background vocals, whatever. Um, and then uh, uh, Jockey uh, Liebes. <laughs> shit. That's the one I can't pronounce. Uh, Liebes. 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 it. I have no idea. Close enough. It's a bunch of I's and E's and Z's. Yes. Uh, but, but, but anyway, uh, Jockey is like one of my favorite drummers of all time. Oh, shit. Like, it's not like, I mean, he's an incredible drummer. He's very fucking good. He's like, yeah. like a jazz background. But he has a style and that style is just, it, it's addictive. There's something, it's, a, it's just the hookiest drum lines and drum beats. And it's extremely groovy. It's really Tom heavy. Um, and you i've never heard anybody play like him or play that kind of thing like him you always know it's a either a can song or him on drum is just yeah. based on this type of beat that he does there are there are songs where he does a lot of the the heavy lifting for sure there are songs where the only thing distinguishable as a song is the drums everything yeah. else is just kind of wandering around floating and mm-hmm. maybe hitting one or two notes there's no riff singers fucking mumbling nonsense and then the drums are really repetitive really uh just sticks in your head it's like a, it, i mean one of the i think he had a nickname that he was like a machine or something like that i forgot what the actual nickname was but yeah he's it's like a machine he was very rhythmic very on point uh very repetitive but it was uh not polyrhythmic but there's it was like uh just busy like a really mm-hmm. busy robotic repet- it's it's fucking wild and it's very cool uh, when you and when you hear it you know it and it's hard to mistake it for anything else and then uh michael uh, caroli i'm sure it's not pronounced caroli because it sounds more <laughs> italian the way i'm saying it Michael uh, caroli. caroli uh on guitars um and some violin and stuff and then we have like various vocals this, the vocals from this this period this era or uh, malcolm mooney who was on the first two records <clears throat> or the first two records and then one record that wasn't released but mm-hmm. it was eventually released that we're going to be talking about and then Damo suzuki on on the other uh f- f- four or whatever the fuck it's crazy how short uh suzuki's lifespan is in the uh band but like what yeah. a huge impact he he left wild 
three, literally three years, or maybe four. I think it was seventy to seventy-three. Yeah. Uh, I'm so brief, <laughs> and when you think of Ken, you only think of the stuff that he's on. Yeah, yeah, and to a lesser extent, Mooney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he, there's some songs where he's like really uh, that are kind of uh, popular, prevalent mm-hmm. um, that have Mooney on it. But uh, so I there's not like a whole lot of huge backstory of these guys. Like this, there's no like a there's some here, but there's not like um you know a really wild story. What mm-hmm. I found would be wild were the backstories of the members, most notably Jockey and Holger, most mostly Jackie, Jockey, Jackie. Uh, War torn World War II fucking chaos. You know, uh, if you're banned from Germany, that uh, sounds about right. Yeah, we uh, we talked a, l- a little bit about that with uh, with Kraftwerk. How yeah, the the need they had to create their their own musical identity because you know what they had was. <laughs> it's nazi shit yeah yeah there was no culture there was just we have long roads and vehicles and a bunch of nazi shit we can't talk about anymore uh so uh jockey he was he was born in in 38 which is right right in the fucking heat of it and uh his dad was it was a music teacher he played um accordion and violin and taught both of them to, to jackie which is amazing that he ended up being this incredible drummer. It just shows that he was, mm-hmm. you know, made for music. But uh, he was his dad was forced to stop teaching during that during the Nazi period, and according to Wiki, died in mysterious circumstances in 1943. I don't yeah. think it's that mysterious. No. <laughs> yeah. No. So, uh, so that happens early on, and then growing up he had no running water he, he, he had to survive on vegetables grown at home he had to walk several kilometers to school uh and i, th- I think when they, it says here when the russians began to occupy east germany he became a refugee when his mother took him to west uh hanover Schmunden, to live with her mother and brother just before the border closed in 45 so he just made it out <laughs> fuck dude i mean like these are different people these are much harder people than I, like this it's like, absolutely um i think to uh to live through that and uh decide to play this like weird funky music uh also speaks a lot about his uh his desire and and probably could just be an, a negative dude no one would blame him and it's the funny thing about jackie is uh, he was we're not going to see it so, too much in this in this era but i think he was more of the the perfectionist mean like get it fucking right mm. you guys keep fucking up get it right kind of guy yeah which is interesting because uh i mean I, it, it also just showed i guess the band was very uh i guess democratic yeah in terms of what who wrote what and everything just kind of most of it sounds like they just jammed and then that's what how the songs came about mm-hmm. a lot of the songs are just jamming so it, it makes sense that everybody kind of ha- played their own part uh and then holger was born it, today it's it's gadans poland but it was originally the free city of danzig <laughs> yeah yeah uh check out all their danzig episodes and uh he not quite as uh uh what's the word uh, didn't grow up as hard not quite as running from death as, yeah. as jackie but close to it you know just the, all the things that come with 
being born at that particular moment in time in that particular part of the world. And it doesn't, uh, well, it didn't work out for a lot of, a lot of people, but they made it out and they started a fucking crowd rock band and, uh, contributed to history in more positive ways, significantly more, more positive, but it's also like, a. They have to, uh, I don't know a lot because I don't do a lot of asking of questions or looking up how popular things are these days, but it seems like they really, really got more popular recently. I, I based on, I was probably in my early twenties when I went, I'm going to say yes, because I, I feel like these day, like there's no way that could happen now. Or at least I like to think so, but well, also because there's a whole bunch of shit. How they recorded their first handful of albums that was so budget and so uh, not even not even just budget, but it was like using a two track tape recorder, mm-hmm. and that's how they recorded their albums on. Yeah, and they actually don't sound that bad. So I don't even know how it even worked out, but um. In terms of how they all got started, Holger, um, we have an uh, interview with, with Holger from, is it, I think it's 1997, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yes. with, with Perfect Sound Forever. And he gives a lot of, a lot of insight. And uh, his English is a little broken, but um, you, can, you can figure out what he's saying. Uh, there's also one moment uh, that, that Tom notes where he, he didn't want to fix the grammar because he, Tom actually is, a, is an English teacher in Germany. He's like, this is how... A German learning English formulates sentences a lot, and it's yeah. like it's just a it's just how it it's not as broken as it may seem. Yeah. Um, but Holger, yeah, he's talking about early influences. He says, "I was first thinking of becoming a composer when I was a child. Then I went to a music school, and they said you must be a wonder child, and you must be finished by fifteen. I was a year too late. I don't know what the fuck any of that means. You have to be like a prodigy. You can't. You're not allowed to become a composer. Jeez, fucking Jedi Temple over here will yeah. take you after a certain age, dude. What the fuck? Uh, it's a comedian I like named Matt McCusker, and in, in, uh, he's talking about because he he likes singing. I guess like uh, ho- like a hobby. And I think when he was, when he was like a young man. He went to uh, a vocal teacher, just like, fuck it, I'll, I'll take vocal lessons. And it was this opera guy, this opera singer guy. And the, this fucking blowhard said to him, oh, you got to deviate a septum? You'll never be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, really? And I started like looking it up, like, because I have a deviated septum. I was like, I'm not uh, that bad of a singer. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's mostly a myth uh, that... that I think the, the the old heads hold on sure, to. Have, sure. you know, there's all kinds of those old wives tale, like because you don't take in enough air and you can't control your breath. Like it's it's just to fucking go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's a myth. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying it defensively. I swear to God. Uh, so yeah, Holger goes on to say. Uh, so I thought, okay, you can become a, you can become a jazz musician now. I uh, played guitar in a band in 1958 and went to a jazz music festival. We had to play in front of a jury and an audience. One of the judges said to us, it's impossible for us to classify what you played, but never mind. I'll take you on a radio show as something that can't be classified. I was very proud of this fact because I didn't pass my A-level degree at school. In music, I got the worst grade. But the next day, I had my first performance on a radio show. Lovely story. Like Hell yeah. The opposite of what you usually hear. Usually, you're not commercial enough. Yep. You don't fit into this box. Don't know where I'm going to put you. Sorry. But this guy... This guy got excited about the unknown. That's yeah, as you should, as you should. That's also funny uh, that this, this, this actually struck me because I don't remember 
I keep forgetting who who says everything because I suck. Uh, you, have you seen the movie Whiplash? Yes. Is yes. it is it or is it not amazing? Amazing. Amazing. So good. It's it was amazing. Only downhill for that director after that movie. Wait, which one? What else did he direct? Did uh, La La Land and um, Babylon. Babylon. I didn't mind First Man, but I'm just like, stop making movies about Hollywood, please. I'm fucking. Uh, especially well, Whiplash is like, who makes a movie about a drummer? That was that, a, that was a cool hook, especially a jazz drummer. Yeah, which is not not exactly rock star, not in that fucking vibe. Uh, not my fucking tempo. Yes. So reason I brought that up is uh, someone said I heard it from someone who heard it from someone. Of course, it doesn't fucking matter. But they said they couldn't. They, it the movie took them out of it immediately because there are no jazz competitions, making the whole movie kind of pointless. Oh. Okay. And here, yeah. there was a jury, <laughs> and I, so it's like. Well, there is something similar to it, at least in yeah. Germany. Also, it's a fucking movie. It's a fucking movie. Loosen up. Yeah, I guess. It's also, it, that movie also helps because uh, the acting and the pantomiming was really convincing. Yes, yes, it was. Which helps a whole lot. Sometimes it's not so convincing. And that fucking ruins it. It's, yeah. Good, good work, Miles Teller, who's been playing a a young up-and-comer for the past 15 years. <laughs> yes, that's the, the luck of having a baby face. Uh, so Holger goes on to say, he says, then I thought, I'm not, I'm not a born jazz musician. It wasn't my world. So who remained? It was only Stockhausen. He invited all these other composers like John Cage to come to Berlin to perform in winter of 62. John Cage was incredible. I, I, I didn't even think about that, like that John Cage was associated with with these guys. No one hate me. I don't. Oh, you you don't like John Cage? I don't know. I don't know who the fuck. You know John Cage? No. Well, you see, in, uh, in Mortal Kombat, he's the guy with the. I'm oh, kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, he's a composer. Is a avant-garde composer. He's very beloved. the The only reason I know him is for the reason I don't enjoy his stuff. Is the it's not three sixteen because that's Steve Austin. It's like three fourteen three something. It's the name of the piece is a length of time. And the piece is complete silence. Mm. That's that's the composition. What you hear when it's completely silent, like the coughing or the, the ambience in the room, that's the piece. And I say, go fuck yourself to that to that kind of thing. I'm sure his other pieces are great. I've heard some of other stuff and it is cool, but yeah. um, that's the kind of, he's very uh, outwardly thinking, <laughs> creative, even if I don't like silence. Fair enough. Yeah. Holger says, uh, I moved I moved to Berlin because I want to study classical music and the fact that that Stockhausen took me on after high school was a miracle. The Iron Wall was just established and I was looking for a flat. The cheapest flat was on an island that belonged to West Berlin, but was in East Germany. You go to a corridor with petrol, petrol <clears throat> from the East Germans and you had to have a special visa. Inside on this island, I was guarded by three GIs. Outside, I was protected by the East Germans. I was just living with this barbed wire fence five meters away. It was great. It was fantastic. Oh, man. Holy shit. What a what a scary place. <laughs> oh, fuck, we're I, so soft. I guess you adapt. Uh, 100%. So this is a weird one. I was trying to find more information on this because it's fucking bananas. So Stockhausen apparently told Holger that he recently married a rich woman. And Holger took that as like, I guess I got to find me a rich woman. <laughs> so if you're a struggling artist and you look good, 
their worst plans. It's so shitty. <laughs> it's, it's really, a- it's really cliche. Yeah. Then he says, I really went out to look for a rich woman. So where do you find that? In Switzerland. Duh. Duh. Yeah. That makes sense. There were these private schools for daughters of rich families, and I tried to become a teacher around in Lake Geneva. It happened that they took me on. I, f- I found a very rich girl there, and I was paid so high that I forgot about the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be a freeloader, but I just got this job, and it worked out good. With this money, I saved a little bit, and that was the beginning of Cannes. I wanted to make for one year holidays. That's the the sentence that yeah. Tom noted. I wanted to make for one year holidays. I guess he means he wanted to make enough for one year yeah. years worth of holidays and petrol. We don't we don't say that over here. Yeah, I was like petrol. You mean gas? What you know? To be fair, it does make sense to call it petrol because you also have like the gas used for your oven. Uh, yeah, gas is typically a a, a gas. Yeah, isn't gas? A gas and not a fucking liquid. It's, it's stupid. We're idiots. Why, are we, uh, why do we call it gas? The one syllable to say gasoline was this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he says that that's how Can was established. With this money, I bought a tape recorder. And with this tape recorder, we made our first album. Now, that's interesting because he made, we, they made, we're going to be talking about that first album, even though it was unreleased for a long time. The quality of that album doesn't sound that different from the album that came out f- Four years later, yeah, I had, I had no idea. Yeah, and it's it over so low budget, so low budget. Yeah, it, it's just so confusing. So, on putting the band together, so he met Michael on guitar. He said that he was a pupil of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erwin was a fellow student with him, um, with him in, in, in Stockhausen, and the rest. Oh, yeah, and then and then Erwin, um, new new jockey. Uh, they got Malcolm Mooney on vocals, who I believe is American, and uh, he was the. <sighs> I think he, they, well, they said they got him from a, he came from an, an exhibition in Paris. Um, he says he, he just came by just on holidays and didn't think of singing at all. He participated in the whole thing and Ken was there. So <clears throat> yeah, he'd be there for a few years. Enough years to get a garage band named after him. <laughs> yeah, enough. So the, the making of the first would, it would eventually be the first album, but it, it was unreleased for many years. <clears throat> That one's wild because so they they get the the guys together and and Holger says uh, it happened that there was an exhibition in a little castle in Cologne. All the gallery people made a big party there and there was a Picasso exhibition. And apparently the guy who ran out the castle sponsored the band and gave them a room there and they made a studio studio in the room. And that's where they recorded their earliest records in a fucking castle. I was going to say what a cool place to live, but the... (laughs) Their upbringings don't make recording the castle worth it. No, no, no. I, no, I would prefer to to have running water than to record in the castle. Not yes, not be in a war torn area. Oh my god! Yeah, bizarre. I never knew that part. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I just never gave it any thought. It's interesting how long I've listened to these guys and haven't really like looked until into their history so yeah same and also how many bands have you heard of that have ever recorded in a castle <laughs> i don't know i feel like in europe it's probably more common i feel like magma's probably recorded in a castle if magma oh yeah those fucking guys look like they, they've only recorded in castles if magma hasn't recorded in a castle i'm gonna be very very disappointed not like i'm a huge fan or anything but i wouldn't be surprised if 
Ride the Lightning was recorded in a castle. Wasn't it recorded in Denmark or all those early Metallica albums were like in, in Denmark? I have no idea. Pretty, I think yeah. so, because of Lars. Uh, maybe not a castle, but whatever. Uh, but today we will be talking about six albums total. First one was... First album was actually released in 1969, but they recorded one in 1968 that was released some years later, but we'll be talking about the, the 68 one first. And then the last album of this era, 1973, it's a nice cut and dry chunk of albums. Uh, honestly, I would only cover these albums if like, if I could, if I decided to stop, uh, no, we're not going to do discographies anymore. We're going to do just the albums that we want to do. Yeah. Can would be this episode. <laughs> like. I would, I'm not even looking forward to this to part two at all. I would have tacked on like two more. Yeah, one or two. I'm sure. I'm sure the other part has good albums, but yeah, uh, these are the these are the ones, baby. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I guess we should might as well jump into it. I am ready. So this album, yeah, it was shelved. It was unreleased because no one wanted it. It was rejected by everyone. Uh, everyone, everyone, everyone. It was uh, recorded in 1968, but it wasn't officially released until 1981. Uh, the original working, well, the original actual title is Prepared to Meet Thy Noom, but it's on the reissue, on streaming everywhere else. It's li- listed as Delay 1968. Original title is way cooler. Way cooler. This is the only album I hadn't heard in going into this. Oh, really? This is one of the the most evil can rips I've ever heard. I was gonna say, um, they don't really go dark that often. Almost never. Yeah. But well, they go dark, but not like this. Yeah. This is by far the darkest song they do. Hundred percent. So is there like, like when the organ kicks in or it's an organ? Um, kind of organ in there. Yeah. Makes it a little more sinister. And, yeah, it's it's, it's 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 a little rough. It's not like shitty, but there's no like it's not very tight, and that's what we come to expect from them at a certain point. Yeah. Also, one of Mooney's like craziest vocal performances to me. Because I feel like there's times where he sounds like himself, there's times where he sounds like Randy Newman, and there's times where he sounds like Captain Beefheart. Like, there's times when he sounds like uh, doing like a fake woman voice. He is all over the place on this sure song. Uh, worst, least favorite. Same. Um, which is hard and a bit of a spoiler alert, because I enjoyed... Every every album, every album, but I think this due to the nature of it and that this isn't fully formed can I I have to give it that. But saying that, I think it's really cool. Listen, it's really neat. Listen, Um, 
as someone who's been listening for a long time and I've never heard this stuff before. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think it was going to be this good, honestly. Yeah, is that, it is a good album. It's flawed as fuck, but the, the good ultimately outweighs the bad, 100%. Um, it is the worst of this bunch of albums, but it's still, it's still a solid album. And when I heard it, like, so this was shelved completely. Not even just, like, it's like... <laughs> Well, we couldn't sell this. No one wanted it. So we're just going to make a whole new album and just ditch this one entirely. Mm-hmm. And then you hear this like, it's not that inaccessible. It's not, it's not even that crazy. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that the recording survived and uh, eventually got to see the light of day. Um, not only that, it sounds as good as the next album and the next album and the next. It sounds like maybe performance wise, not it's not as tight, but. Production wise, yeah. it's the same. Yeah, it doesn't sound like demos no. at all. Um, second track, you know, it's thirty seconds. Made me laugh. Oh yeah, Noom. It's uh, it's it's yeah, it's like a twenty-eight second free jazz piece. And then it just sounds like a band is falling downstairs while trying to play the song. Still, so <laughs> that, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this stuff doesn't work for me. But having said that, the opener, Butterfly, and Thief, I think are. Two, oh, yeah. two, two, two of some of their best songs, which is pretty wild that basically every album has at least one or two of their best songs. Mm-hmm. Um, Thief is, yeah, I do like his more raspy vocals on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little more melodic. There's a, there's a few different personalities and faces to Can. There's like the really lengthy, jammy, mm-hmm. rocky stuff, and then there's the super insane experimental stuff and then there's the groovy dark clean minimal stuff yeah that's my can that's your can that's my can and that's like that's what thief is i Mm -hmm. think it's fucking absolutely rules uh really good bass lines with these complimenting guitar leads uh it's yeah it's a fantastic style and yeah man it's just it i can never get tired of it for whatever the hell reason um also the closer is solid too little startup bethlehem Oh yeah, that feels like one of their most like straightforward, like blues-driven rock and roll songs. But it's still weird. Um, I like the little touches of like occasional feedback in the background. Yeah. Um, even when Can's trying to make normal music, it's it's not going to come out normal. And speaking of that, the reason this is worst are are the other songs. So. Songs like 19th Century Man and Uphill and like, Man Named Joe. <laughs> I like 19th Century Man. Really? I do like it. Well, okay, I can see. So the reason I don't like it is part of the reason you do like it. It is so hilariously funky. Yeah. <laughs> so on this album, they're, they're, they dabble with regular ass styles of music. That's the funky one. Mm-hmm. Uphill is like straightforward garage rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man named Joe is like is like very swing. Matt, Matt. And it, they all feel so clumsy to me. Man named Joe sounds like the cast of Bob's Burgers <laughs> sung that song. It is some horrific vocal choices. <laughs> I will admit, there's some pretty hor- oh boy, appalling. But yeah, that is like the most wacky thing. But it's I, wacky. Yeah, I feel like being wacky is also part of can. So you know, definitely. But honestly, I'm not even a huge fan of like them going nuts. Like a lot of it bothers me, and I I, I pick and choose my can. <laughs> but man named Joe is is. I'm gonna go ahead and say their worst song. 
<laughs> like, probably worst like song song maybe not experimental piece sure, thing sure. or like i'm not ever going back to that <laughs> it makes me laugh though yeah i'll go i'll go back to it yeah, I, I wouldn't mind going back to the album in general it's, like, yeah. it's not bad at all and of course the, the songs that are that are great are great uh and, and it's like despite the songs i don't like it, it is sequenced in a way that makes sense. Like it opens strong, it closes strong, and it has one banger right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So at least it's a, it has like some momentum to it. Does have some, yeah. Does have some things going for it, and uh, it's it's weird. Usually albums like this were like for hardcore fans only, but I feel like if you're listening to Can, you're not a casual. <laughs> That's what I I keep thinking, but then I keep meeting normies who are like like, oh, Can's great. I know. Yeah. Why do you know? <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna say if you like, can listen to this then. Yeah. It, it's honestly songs like Thief or or, or they're, they're examples of like how do you not like that? Like if, if you, anything, this is probably more digestible. F- digestible for people. Like there's reasonable song lengths. M- mostly, they're not too not too bad here. They're not. They're not short by any means. No, but they're not 15, 20 minutes either. To be fair, even on the albums where they have 20 minute songs, there are there are like three, four minute songs on there. There are. There are. They usually do uh, separate them quite a bit, but in any case, definitely the worst of this this whole era. Both of our worst and least favorites. Still surprisingly good. And uh if you like Ken, you like it. But Man named Joe Blows. <laughs> I'm, 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 putting, I'm sticking with that one. Joe Blows. <laughs> Joe Blows. But now on to their first officially released album where they decided to actually release it because someone decided to put it out. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. the story, but it was this. This album is their attempt to be accessible. <laughs> it was then be like, listen, that first album was wild. Let's bring it in, guys. Let's come together. Let's make a normal album. And they came out with 1969's monster movie. I love the like cover for this. Um, I don't know if the the word like kaiju was in the vernacular, but it's arguably more of a, a kaiju cover than a. It's a Galactus. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that's what. I didn't know until recently either. At least according. Wiki, of course, everything is based off Wiki. Um, we don't know for sure, but yeah, oh it, yeah, it was uh, from like the Thor 1966 comic. Like that's what that they got. I don't know if they lifted the entire image, but at least heavily. Sure, yeah. I get it. This sounds much more like the can we know. Yes, more driving, a little bit tighter. This this song is also a pretty bad example of Mooney's vocals because he's doing like a beat poetry kind of spoken word thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is not very characteristic. Also, one of the they're like noisier songs too. Yeah, it's it's cool and it's hypnotic and it goes on a while. I wouldn't say this is the best intro to Krautrock for newbies, though. This song, anyway. Uh, I guess it depends. Like, when when I was a young warthog, um, it worked for me because, like, 
Like, I like Pink Floyd, like, especially, like, the Sid Barrett pre-Dark Side of the Moon stuff, and I like that stuff, too. But, like, I wanted, like, I wanted this. Yeah. Like, in my head, I wanted this, so, um... Yeah, I don't know. If you're a fan of, like, that, like, that era of Pink Floyd, I think this is definitely... I actually had never heard this album before. Oh no shit! Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I, yeah, there's a, a lot of bands where I just like, you know what? I hear I have my handful of albums. I'll get to the others at hey. some point and never do. Yeah, especially if it's just like, fuck, I really like these three albums. So yeah. I really want to fuck it up. And <laughs> yeah, I, I have. There's a lot of that as well. This is this is a good a fucking album. This is a good. This is one of the I think one of their more consistent albums actually. Yeah. Um. Really. Really solid front to back. Uh, uh, this is going to be one of those episodes where I don't really have too much negative to say. Yeah, nor do I. I mean, I have negative to say, but it's always, it's always coupled with something very nice. But here, it's a very temperate album compared mm-hmm. to how they'll be in one album from now or two albums from now or whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, it does feel very even. I For me, I feel like the opener and the closer are like the big big tracks and what i remember most so i was surprised like uh, a song like mary mary so contrary yeah was actually a highlight for me i beautiful yeah i like the more like psychedelic um nature of that where like f- father is this unhinged yeah noise stuff it's good pacing it's just it, you, you set you up with this big long jammy noisy thing mm-hmm. and then it low it lulls you in it's more minimal it's it's more mellow it's not like soft but it's more mellow uh and then it just jams and it's, it's just hypnotic that's just what kraut rock does the best or or at least well a lot of kraut work uh is really good with the kind of let, letting you zone out and it becomes mm-hmm. very hypnotic but these guys are the fucking best at it yeah um when we did our la- last Swans episode, I was thinking about how, um, what's his, I always, Jibba. I'm never going to say it right. Yeah. How he was like, he talks about that Pink Floyd track where he's like, that was like the first time I heard screaming in music. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, between Sibarit and um, Gilmore, right? Yeah, 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 and then so I think about that whenever I hear like screaming in in rock music in like the seventies and sixties, and like uh, outside my door is not. It's probably the weakest song on it here. It is. It's the most traditionally sixties sounding thing. Yeah, sure. but the screaming is some, uh, some good screaming on that song. This doesn't. Aside from that song, a little bit. This does not feel like nineteen sixty nine. That is a thing about Can. They are out of time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, they they do have like a seventies like psychedelic vibe to them, but the the will to incorporate sparing electronics here or there or like string sections helps give them this this timeless feel. Yeah, and also the fact that even amongst other krautrock bands. They they sound like no one else. They they are the most like psychedelic kraut rock band for sure, or and, that I've heard at least. Not to mention, man, Jockey's drums. Like there's something about those drums that really make Can Can. He he is the the king of the. I'm going to play one beat. 
start to finish, but like his beats are they're just phenomenal. Yeah. They're, they're so busy and there's, there's so many interesting, interesting uses of Tom. Like there's a lot of beats where I'm like, how, how is he doing that? It, just, it sounds like there's like three bass drums and he has yeah. four feet or something. It's just really, yeah. Like, like again, like a machine just really did it. It's almost like a, like a telegraph or something. I was really glad the the first time I heard them was actually like a video clip of them performing. So like I got to see it mm. and I was just like, this is feels like the most perfect band ever. Pretty close to it. <laughs> uh, fucking. So the, they will do this pretty much on every album from this point onward. You get a song like you do right. <laughs> 20 minutes. They always have to have a 20-minute song. <laughs> that, <laughs> this one's good. Dude, I think it's... I don't know how many 20-minute songs they have, but I'm... An, I they have feel, two on this, in this okay. chunk of albums, yeah. This one is not as strong to me because um, I feel like it's the most repetitive. Uh, later on, they get much better at taking you on these big journeys mm -hmm. and where you end is not even remotely the same as where you started. Uh, but there's still really cool shit here. Like the bass, like what a, what a killer. Great, great, great bass on this one. Um, around 11 minutes in, um, that's where I'm like, okay, it's still good and I'm still enjoying this, but it definitely could have ended by this point. Like we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're 11 minutes in, but but like by the end of it, it's like it doesn't. It didn't feel that. I wasn't. It, there are other tracks of theirs where I'm like, "Fuck, wrap it up." And <laughs> that's not one of them. But that's that says a lot for a 20 minute fucking song. I I will say that there are some riffs occasionally where I'm like, if you just play that for 20 minutes, I would be fine. But there are riffs where I wish they play for an hour. <laughs> but oddly, I feel like they don't sometimes. So there's some songs where uh where I'm just like. You made that one 15 minutes and this one not. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear this forever. <laughs> uh, so samples are for baby. I suppose so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's a good album. Um, strong debut. I'm strong official debut anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, yeah, this is, this is, this is Kurt Rock in a nutshell. Like without, cause this one actually doesn't have any crazy, experimental stuff the, the 20 minute track is mostly jamming yeah it's not you, later on it'll be jamming and then a bunch of fucking insanity mm -hmm. so if this is actually fairly accessible it's like it's, <laughs> it's not a bad debut in terms of like introducing people to the band not at all not at all are there better yes there are better there are better for sure but it's still a strong album it's the last full length or the last full album with um with mooney on vocals he'll be on uh two tracks on the next album but that's it uh, and yeah, and overall, I don't have any problem with his voice on any of these songs or on, or on the previous one so much. But when recording this album, uh, Holger said, when we designed our studio, I just picked up the whole logic about that. And we were able to do that without an engineer. We are very proud of that. The editing was really was really a minor step. It was not so extensive as it is today. All of Can music was live recordings played in this castle. So this was also recorded in the castle. Nice. Uh I forgot about that. More castles. More castles. So that makes a lot of sense. And and we're not going to get to it too much on, on this episode, but in part two, it becomes a bigger issue when they stop recording live mm. because 
the band is the band. There was a little to no overdubs. Yeah. Or there's some, I mean, I'm sure with the experimental stuff, there's more, but the band is what the band is. It's all jammed. It's all live. This is what they sounded like, uh, which is probably explains why it's, it holds up and it sounds so good now because it was just, it was straight through. Yeah. Uh, there's no kind of dated effects. There's no like, oh, let's see what this sounds like. And when we barely discovered this technology, mm. and then it sounds like wonky 10 years later. Uh, like a lot of, you know, well, Beach Boys did pretty good, but uh, there's still some stuff that's like, ooh, that's that's dated. Also, I I really liked that that early um, Kraftwerk stuff where they were doing stuff like this and they were they were killer live, too. So it is like a deceptively imp- uh, musically impressive genre. Yeah, because it does feel kind of loose. Yeah, but, loose and jammy yeah. and repetitive. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these guys have like jazz backgrounds. They just decided to keep playing the same thing. That, yeah, I mentioned it several times in the past, but there was an old documentary on Crowd Rock I saw years ago. I have no idea what it's called. It was so long ago, but obviously Ken was a big part of it, and Jackie was in it, and he was saying like, "Yeah, I just decided to just." how about if I played the same thing over and over again? Like no one's doing that <laughs> to think that's like a, 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 what's the word? Um, innovative move to like, how about if I play it again, the same way? <laughs> like that, what that's, that's innovative. But it was I, at the time I could see that where you're just, maybe you're just like, fuck, I'm tired of reading sheet music. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna groove dude. Yeah. I'm just gonna jam and feel it. Yeah. Fucking feels good, baby. So yeah, this, this next album, I guess it's technically not canon, but I insisted, and Alex agrees. It's fucking canon to me. It's fucking canon. It make no mistake. This is a legit can album, uh, but it is put under compilations. It's considered a compilation, I guess. Um, it's it's a compilation of songs they wrote for movies, all of which I did. I honestly didn't even know they were real until this episode. I know. I thought it was like a concept, like a fake soundtrack yeah. thing, but they're all real movies. They all wrote songs for them, and. Yeah, it came on 1970. This is Soundtracks. Another one of their best songs. I feel like this... Uh, even though it's like from different soundtracks, um, this does like a good job with setting like a mood. And, yep, definitely. Now we got Demo Suzuki on vocals. Beautiful. So goddamn beautiful. It's just something about the way he performs that's doesn't matter that he's the same voice. Yeah, he's speaking several languages, gibberish. He's actually not really a singer, as we'll talk about in a minute. Kind of reminds me of uh, Edward James Olmos' character in Blade Runner. Blade Runner. <laughs> That's just uh, Cholo speak, but in the future. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's still the same guy from Stan Deliver in that movie. Same guy. Yeah, that guy's foot on the bass pedal is just... God, 
Goddamn. What a fucking awesome opener. Yeah, this may be like my like second most listened to can album. This might be my most listened to can album. You know what? I would say second, but it's up there. Yeah. It, it's it's maybe it's one or the other. So yeah, when you're like, I is it can I was like, absolutely is. It has to be canon. Yeah. This is a fucking great album. It's paced badly and wonky. And also the opener uh, deadlock, which is an incredible song. It's the opening track, but it has a bitch ass fade out. Mm. It has a bitch ass. I know you don't like those. A bitch ass quick fade out. It's just, it's a death sentence. No matter where you put it on the album, (laughs) it always sucks. Make it a long fade out or cut it off and chop it off. But commit to something, something, Uh, but following up, you got Tingle whiskey, man, which fucking rules so hard. It's probably my fa- one of my favorite drum beats of all time in that song. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you also wrote "Rules So Fucking Hard" yep. as well. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so I, on my notes. It literally says that. <laughs> yeah, uh, the guitar playing r- rules. It's it's great, gorgeous, gorgeous fucking song. It, stuff like that is where I feel like I can show it to anybody, and they're like, "This is pretty goddamn fun." Like mm-hmm. I don't know how you did, how you did something like that. And then yeah, that also like another like suzuki highlight or it's just like man you just he knows how to get these like harmonies or these these like hooky things and it just feels good he has good vocal lines that ended up that end up being really simple Mm -hmm. but just exactly what the song needs Mm -hmm. yeah it's like he's not a He's clearly not a musician. He's not a singer. He's not even really speaking any languages but when someone fits a project someone fits that's it. Yeah. It, it it doesn't matter. It fucking mm-hmm. works. It fits. It feels good. Uh, yeah. And that's that's basically what he is for Can. He just he is the Can singer to I guess most people, to me anyway. Uh, but having said that, this thing is paced pretty fucking badly, and it has a lot of dead moments. Aside from like the first four tracks, which are like banger after banger. Um, track three is Deadlock. Uh, Dieter Musik, or I'm sure it means title music. Yeah. Um, it's just a variation of the of the opener, but it's like there's more organs in it and it's a little bit more ambient and was, it's instrumental. I was gonna say I feel like it's a little more epic in nature, more film score. Yeah, like. it's more film score. Like it's all some only a minute and forty seconds, there's no there's no vocals. Um, but it's still still cool. Um then you get turn the light on, leave me alone, which is man I don't know what you would can compare that to because it feels like something i'm very familiar with but i can't put my finger on it yeah i i this i feel like that this falls into the more more like jam band i think it's more garage rock you think so it feels pretty garagey because it's not like with with deadlock and, and tango whiskey man they're definitely more minor key mm-hmm. and on the darker side that one makes it a little bit more rocking a little bit more lighthearted. there's a flute on it the most uh, lighthearted of instruments. It is the lightest of all, for sure. <laughs> and then two of the tracks with uh, with Mooney on it are Soul Desert and The Closer She Brings the Rain. Uh, Soul Desert is his worst vocal performance by far. He, Holy God. I can't take that. I actually hate that song. <laughs> I, I was like, he has no business singing like this no <laughs> but i love the commitment i can't even, i can't even how do you describe what how he's singing on that song it's, it's fucking hilarious like he's trying to go high pitch but he can't yeah. so it's just like broken you, you know what he sounds like he sounds like when homer simpson's 
Homer Simpson tries to mimic Marge. Oh, yeah. It's that's how weird and like why why is he doing that? Yeah. I don't. It's so unnatural sounding. <laughs> and the song itself is pretty abrasive. Um, uh, I, it's not terrible. I found it to be like an average song made bad by the vocals. Mm-hmm. The most another jarring thing about this song is I don't know if it's the ride symbol per se, but I'm just gonna say it's the ride symbol. Sounds like a fucking pickaxe in a coal mine, and it just like piercing. It's a piercing song. It, like yeah, right in your ears. <laughs> it is. It, and it's not even just the symbols. It's his voice, and as well as the symbols, they're both like Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I used to be pretty um, lukewarm, borderline negative on Mother Sky. I well, found myself enjoying it a lot more these days. I love it. It's always been one of my favorite songs. Um, I could I could swear someone sampled like I have this like thing in my head of like a hip hop song sampling it, but I looked on who samples and I guess I just fucking imagined it. But it's the one can song nobody sampled. Um, did I write down? I, I don't even think I wrote down where it was, but, um, anyways, I'm sure someone has, and it's just not credited. Um, something I like about this song is there is a drum solo here, but it's not presented to you as a drum solo. It fits the song. The other instruments are still going. It just so happens to be the drums are taking over doing the nuttiest stuff. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a drum solo at all. And that's really hard to pull off in a song. So that's because Jackie's the fucking best. He's <laughs> so goddamn good. Yeah. The, I mean, it's a 14 and a half minute song. It is not at all like a breeze. And what makes what I actually don't like about with their albums, because I don't think any other albums are perfect. And I think they do this at least once on every album. Mm-hmm. They have these, like, especially this album, three minutes, four minutes, one minute, three minutes, three minutes, 14 minutes, four minutes. So what ends up happening with, with pacing is you're going through this album and it's, it's flying by. And then you get to this one song and you're on it for a while. Mm -hmm. And then once, then another song comes on and then it's over and it feels like, wait, wait, what the fuck? So it feels like the entire album was this one song. Yeah. Another album that, that does that. Is uh, you probably I'm probably haven't heard it, but Terraform by Shellac. I've not heard that. Uh, it's it's their third album, I think, or second second album, I think. Yeah, and um, it opens with a 12 minute track. It's a cool track, mm-hmm. but the album, it's the whole album is like 30 minutes, and it opens with a 12 minute song. <laughs> so that you hear, you sit to this whole song, and then the album is basically over right like yeah, right yeah. after. It goes by so fast. It's like it's. You notice it. I notice it worse on a different album than this one, but I feel like on, on pretty much every album where they where they do that, they throw a giant song in between a bunch of short songs. It it feels really uneven. I don't mind it here because I think she brings the rain is one hell of a closer, a delightful closer, one of Mooney's best. I would say it's my favorite Mooney performance, my favorite Mooney song. It's also one of the more like normal can songs. I would say of the two. I I think I'm thinking of two normal can songs Mm -hmm. that could and have been on the radio at some point. This is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. This one. uh, Yeah. No one, no one can hear this and be like, this is a weird, crazy band. No, this is a very straightforward, beautiful song. Also on the other album, even some of Mooney's stuff feels mumbly. Yeah. And here the, the, uh, the lyrics are this like crystal clear. 
very clear. It's led by uh, a bass. There's no drums, by the way. Um, no drums uh, spearheaded by a bass, really prominent bass, and then these really cool jazzy guitar lines. Mm-hmm. And the vocals, are, yeah, they're right up in front, and they're very clear, and it sounds good, and it's it's a nice warm blanket of a song. And I, I really do love that song. God damn it. Nice. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, the, the pacing's off, but this is a fucking must. There's just, when when three out of your seven tracks are some of the best songs you've ever done, yeah, it's kind of hard not to really push this one. Yeah, and you know, except for Soul Dust, which I don't even really hate that much. I do hate it, but it's only it's also like three minutes mm-hmm. forty seconds. It's not a huge uh, encumbrance. Yeah, the right word. For me, Mother's Sky was the thing that bought me into this album. So. That's so funny. Like, that was the one where it's like, if anything's going to take me out, it's going to be that song. And it, this time it didn't. It used to. I used to be, I used to skip it every time. But now I am on board with Mother's Sky. Yeah. I I think it goes into the, the thing where it's like, I like the idea of prog rock. I don't think I like how it's performed most of the time. But like, if songs... If prog rock was more like Mother's Sky, I would, yeah. I, I will never diss prog rock just out of my love for early yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have a a deep love of of yes. Yeah. I, ooh, yes, please. I, I think I've tried to get you to listen to, I don't know if you have uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer's Tarkus. Um, I don't know if I've, no, I've only There's heard like um, an Armadillo Tank. On the cover, you would know if you listen to Tarkus. I have not. I've only heard uh, "Brain Salad Surgery," which I think is a popular one. That how that album cover looks is how Tarkus sounds. Okay, so Giger, <laughs> it's that's like that's one of the coolest album covers ever, and yeah. I feel like the music doesn't fucking match at all for every song on that album. Does not sound like the one before. It's a very it's a very uh, jumbled album for sure. Tarkus, Tarkus is where it's at, baby. All right, all right. I'll <laughs> consider some Tarkus. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, but yeah, cool ass fucking album. Uh, definitely should be considered canon. Wikipedia, get your shit together, put it on the fucking main page. So Damo joins in the most wacky, insane, bizarre way possible. And I've read different accounts of this from different places. Yeah, uh, Holger, this is. Holger's point of view and he talks about uh, first how Mooney left he says uh, when Mooney left it was it was a problem for us we suddenly felt quite left alone in a way but three months later I found Damo Suzuki in Munich on the street he was praying to the sun with wild gestures I was in a cafe with Jackie and said to him see that guy there he will become our next singer (laughs) only (laughs) bad things can happen if you if that's how you, you pick. pick up homeless people to become your new singer <laughs> reminds me of like a elden ring character you just wandering the landscape yeah. and there's like praying to the, the sun, sun with gestures yeah so that's one way i uh, i think on wikipedia it says like oh they found they found damo uh busking on the street so i wouldn't say uh, going wild and screaming in the middle of the street is the same as busking. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not because that's that's. He says praying to the sun with wild gestures. Uh, I heard, I heard, I heard somewhere else saying that he was literally in the middle of like a town square, screaming, losing his fucking mind. And I don't know exactly the story, but I like all of them. <laughs> I, all of all of them are appropriate. He's. Uh, you want to know how can or got 
Bamo Suzuki is the equivalent of uh, wanting to know how the Joker got these scars. It's going to change every time. And I'm glad. But also, how else would a band like this find their best singer than exactly like this? A yeah. fucking maniac in the middle of the street and be like, yeah, guy, I, I have a good feeling about that guy screaming at people. Also, how crazy to like live in one of the whitest places ever. Your two most popular frontmen are not white. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Mooney's black, right? Yes, but he's also American, and, yeah. and then Demo is Jap- obviously Japanese. Yeah. So that that also yeah that that got me with both of them. Like you got an American and a Japanese guy in your German band that came from you guys were born in during World War Two. And <laughs> wait, what? Very interesting, man. <laughs> Very interesting. Band. Yeah, f- f- wild stuff. Uh, but now we're on to the first official album with with Damo. This is him all the way through. He's now a full part of the band. Uh, first official release with him. And this is a big boy of an album. Mm-hmm. This is a double album. The longest one we're covering here. Um, that's for damn sure. This is 1971's Tago Mago. Uh, this is probably going to take a minute. Oh. No, no, just... just no, no, this one's not so no, bad. It's no, I was thinking of another album. Oh, I love this song. This is the first, yeah, this is the first song I heard from them. Hell of a first song. That is a good introduction. I can't really, like... Because everything feels so far away with a lot of, like, music for me. And I guess this does, too, like... Very rarely can I like pinpoint feeling so like blown away and so many emotions like the the first time and oh, oh it's so but yeah I was just like why isn't like why aren't they playing this on classic rock radio stations it's a fucking crime how do you how is this not fucking better than all that bullshit? Oh my god! But also, I'm, it's like a gift and a curse because, like, then it'd be played out. It would, yeah. Oh. It feels so good. Oh, and this is a long song. It takes some shifts. Oh yeah. This is just the first section, which is incredible. But goddamn, some some that was depth. I love those those quiet, quiet fills on the drums. Oh, Oh, it's just, it's so natural. These are like, they really had their shit together at this point. Oh, that's why I love Jackie so much. Yeah. Everything he does feels so percussive yeah. all the time. Just listen to all the paper house. It's so long too. It's such a long. So- no, I, we can't. We can't. We can't. It's <laughs> such an incredible opener. That was only two minutes. It felt like thirty seconds. Uh, this album. Uh, so it is very lengthy. Uh, also, best personal favorite. Oh, holy shit! I, I, I'm with you, and I'm against you. I'm with you so hard. I'm against you so hard. I, this one makes me. This album bums me the fuck out. Does it? Yeah. I. It is insane to me, seeing how like, I don't know. Maybe nostalgia won out on this one for me. I, no, I can say the same for my picks. Yeah. But 
also, I just think it's insane. Like, I love, I love this album. I it is quite good. Here's the thing: is so it's a double album. If it was a single album, this would be an easy best. I, e- easy best yeah the second half is one of the hardest things to listen to in in the entire this whole this whole episode i disagree i I find the second half to be painful no no defend the 250 no 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 no. the first the first one is hallelujah hallelujah is 18 minutes but i think it's actually strong and if it would end there i would have been like Great album, best, easy best. But then, then it moves on to a 17-minute song, and then an 11-minute song, and then a 7-minute song, and they're, out of those three, two of them are complete experimental insanity that become very, very, very hard to listen to after the first three minutes, let alone 25 minutes. I love it. Because I think those songs go places. So I don't I think- can't pronounce it, but Amgum, yes. Defend that one, <laughs> please. So after Hallelujah, which I love, yes. Um, and we'll, I guess we'll round back to that one. That is very funky, very like more musical driven. Yeah. So, um, I feel like that was a lot. So I like the way Angum or whatever. Angum. Ang- um it's just a little more spooky and atmospheric and i'm like okay i can breathe after that but for 17 minutes yes you need to catch 17 minutes to catch your breath yes <laughs> yes that, that it, so it does have some really really fucking cool creepy moments really deep almost horror movie like synth bassy synth sounds yeah really cool sounds it's 17 minutes like that long for that for what that is i'm thinking like three minutes of creepiness to kind of like space out what's going to happen next mm-hmm. but it's like no that's the whole thing it's going to go on for a long time like are there dogs barking most likely i actually that sounds that sounds right what did i write let's just give it a whirl This is actually super creepy. Yeah. Those drums sound very cool. But for 17 minutes, I feel like the, it's different enough. I didn't do my proper timestamp, but whatever. Um, where, like, you know, we talked about the Mars Volta, another favorite of mine. Where and then my favorite albums, Francis the Mute. Yeah, and my least favorite. <laughs> I'm not going to argue. That's my least favorite. It's just one I didn't yeah, like. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you there. That is, as you like to call the dicking around. Yeah. Just atmospheric. I there's something about track five where it it works for me, and I didn't I didn't feel it. Okay, now now defend pecking O. That one's easier. <laughs> that one's it's eleven minutes. It's not it's not quite as long. Yeah, but that one I found to be more annoying. Yeah, because um, it's whereas uh, Amg <laughs> yeah. is more creepy and like uh, you know just crazy weird drum fills here and there, and it's yeah. a lot of sp- more spooky. Pecking O is way more electronic and hilarious and crazy. Absolutely. Uh, I like the delayed Volk. I think I this went full Robert on this album. Um, I think so. 
I like the delayed vocal effects. I wasn't expecting that like weird Latin part. <laughs> Demo sounds like a fucking auctioneer in that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I don't know why his his vocals. I'm. <laughs> I'm like, it's like a hybrid of like a cartoon cat screaming at a man having a stroke. It's not, not that. It's, I mean, it's, I, I love how I wrote these things I thought would be funny. And then you're like, defend it. And I'm like, I guess that's not funny if you're coming from a place. Uh, <laughs> like, tell me why it's good. Because he sounds uh, like a cat screaming <laughs> at him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's why it's good. All right, my mistake. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it has a lot of like really kooky drum machine sounds mm-hmm. and all. It it feels way way more like dicking around than than the track before it, even though it's more condensed. Um, and then cough, bring me coffee or tea. That song is actually good. Yes, it, yeah, it's a long, another it's another experimental one, but it's shorter, but it's also way more musical. Yes, I love surprisingly for a psychedelic band uh they don't really go middle eastern too much oh yeah and then again the drums are just amazing amazing uh so now that we've debated the the really back intense second half or second disc the first half is flawless absolutely so like the the one the one two punch of paper house and mushroom is pretty it's like i think unmatched in there in the whole this whole period mushrooms maybe like not his most unique beat but it's one of his greatest beats ever it just gets it's very it's it's the jockey beat it's it's the reason i love his drumming it's like where some people fall back on a one two beat or some people fall fall back on just a standard uh, mm-hmm. whatever four four kind of he fall, he falls back on that thing yeah uh, and it's just so oh fuck it's also it moves. very like unique snare sound too yeah he always has the same snare sound yeah because yeah. a lot of drums just kind of fall into like one of two camps where it's kind of metal and tingy or it mm. like rings uh but this is like like you said this is can it is can. Uh, and then, um, by the way, the first four tracks, they really bleed all together. They all mm. flow really seamlessly. So after that, you get Oh Yeah, which is Oh, Oh Yeah, Oh Boy. So the, fucking cool. There's like some Asian instruments on there, I'm assuming. It has, it's even more psychedelic. Uh, yeah. Very dark. has like some reverse, reverse vocals and sounds. Uh, and then it, has this, it takes this crazy groovy turn toward the end. But it's just so fucking it's why they're so good the yeah. songs like oh yeah it's man god damn no one sounds like this no one no one is able to pull it off this well since mm-hmm. in my opinion um and then yeah getting back to hallelujah yeah uh it's funky as all hell um and that's one of the best examples of the drums and the bass just being in lock step together mm. and i'm like i could listen to that groove that beat for 20 minutes that's yeah that it is it's 18 minutes and i don't yeah. mind it because it's the kind of song where if you're zoning out if you're multitasking if you're driving if you're high if you're doing anything where you're just trying to fucking let go that is what you want yeah you want songs like that like it feels good and you, it's almost comforting that they go on for so long in a, in a weird way. And it does do different things. Like at some point it kind of turned, there's like this smooth jazz piano and then it goes back to being funky. And yeah. 
Yeah, it's good. It is good. Uh, and it would have been perfect if the album ended there for me. <laughs> it would have been perfect. And then the second half of the album just. <laughs> oh, man. And then, but what it, I mean, what this does though is it, it, now they're doing that. Like, because before, before this, they didn't fuck around with anything wild. Mm-hmm. And now they are fucking around. Yeah, they are. And they will continue to fuck around. Not maybe to this extent because this is the biggest and longest album, but uh, they still keep it around. And I'm clearly supportive of it. Yeah. I, I support the, the sentiment. I like the experimentation. I like the creepiness. I want to hear more of that. I don't want to hear it for fucking 30 minutes straight. Fair, but also I just, I love it so much. Fair. Uh, no. <laughs> Alex's best and personal favorite. Listen, even if you don't want to handle all the crazy experimental stuff, the first half, you, Let's cut, it's cut. a must. Yeah. Uh. Or uh, go straight to bring me coffee or tea. Or that. Uh, seriously, if you've, if you've never heard Ken, you're for some reason hearing this, the first four tracks alone, even maybe even the first three, if you don't want to take the, make the investment of an 18-minute song, uh, that will let you know immediately if you want more. Yes. So I guess the, this album cover, which I think is my favorite album cover of all this era. Dude, I agree. Yes. And I'm so mad because there's a different album cover and that's the one i have and i'm just always oh, like, a reissue version i don't know if it's considered a reissue but this like artwork is just awesome it's the 70s in a nutshell yeah oh yeah the 40th anniversary oh, cover the, can get fucked that's was it is a demo and jackie on the cover just yeah get their backs to the yeah the back to the camera like oh. that like the cover is the fucking album. It's one of the instances where you can judge a book by its cover. Yeah, it it actually matches perfectly. It's a beautiful fucking cover. I think it's the the coolest cover of this whole era. Fortieth anniversary cover can go get f- fucked. I should have just bought a different version. Yeah, but I was just like, it's fortieth anniversary. I don't own this. Fair enough. The uh, music sounds the same. It does. It, it was the cover was designed by Ulrich uh, Eckenberger or sorry Eichberger. Uh, who also did Can Heat, Marilyn Monroe, I Can Tina Turner, Amandul 2, uh, Pablova, and uh, some future Can records, but uh, they might be in part two. Maybe you not so much in, in this era. You ever listen to Pablova? No, no. I've heard a smattering of songs. And? I remember it being okay. All right, all right. I've never heard of them. Never heard of them. I think I was... When you're younger and you have more time, you can make more... Rabbit fun. holes. Yeah, more yeah. of an effort to go down these avenues. So the since this is the first big project, big album, whatever, with, with Damo, uh, Holger said, I think it was logical that things would change because we learned by that time. We learned to get along with our equipment much better. We knew how to produce the music until we started using a multi-track machine. Uh, that's, how, that's how old this, these motherfuckers are. A multi-track machine. Uh, up to that point, we'd been using a two-track stereo machine without mixing. Without these multi-track facilities, um, I, I would take the tapes home at night and I would be editing a little bit. So here on this album, you could, I mean, on the opening track, you could hear it immediately. As soon as like the cut comes, uh, when the, when the song speeds up, you could hear like, oh, that's when, that's probably when he cut. And that's when the, you know, that's yeah. where the edit was. Before that, no, no editing, no mixing. It was just them live in yeah. a castle. <laughs> like that was it. 
I think it's crazy that with editing, they still capture this this like warm sound where it feels like you're in the room with them. Still very live. It's still yeah. very much recorded live. Um, but now we are on to the next one. This one has been sampled quite a bit. You know what? We're getting through this at a pace I was not expecting, and it's nice. It is nice, and it's still a long episode. It's not an insane long episode the way yeah. some are, but it's still, you know, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Uh, yeah, this uh, this song this album have been sampled to death. If you've heard Ken, you've probably heard something from this album, I imagine. Uh, but this is 1972's Ege Bamyasi. In my humble opinion of this entire era, yeah, their worst opener. <laughs> I know. I just... I think it's their worst opener. It's not like a bad song, but it never worked for me. And I think it's out of all the openers, this is the worst one. I, like... I love the more, like, jazzy, funky side of Can. So this is, like... Perfect for me. Um, An interesting thing about this song, particularly though, is that the song is the drums. Yeah, there is no. The bass is hitting like one note every once in a while. Yeah, there's no like guitar lines. Vocals are even like mumbling. Yeah, the song is, and the song is this for nine minutes, and then it just ends. It doesn't go anywhere. I'm like. I'm not like big into jazz, but there's a handful of like cliche albums that I like. And I, I, you know, Miles Davis's Bitches Brew and On the Corner is the other one, which I actually started listening to because Dale from the Melvins was like Miles Davis on the corner. Uh, And so, yeah, I'm like this, you know, not as crazy as something is on the corner but mm-hmm. has that like same energy for me it is very jazzy it's some of the most one of the most jazzy things they've done because also on the corner is like one of the more funkier things miles davis has done so you get this like cool this is pretty funky too like those all that percussions yes it's like the most 70s thing the most 70s sounding thing about this also if anyone uh is like me and you like this this chaos um there's a James Brown album. I feel like I've talked about it before, but I'm going to talk about it. Show is funky. Show is funky. This is James Brown on the organ. No singing, all instrumental. Mm-hmm. Could be could be a can album. Could, interesting. So, ch- like, I'm going to push that album forever. Check out Show is Funky by James Brown. Hell yeah. Uh, he, so, like, my main problem with that song is simply that it just ends. Like it ends so anticlimactically. And it's it, not a bitch ass fade though. It's not a bitch ass fade out. I will give it that. It's not a bitch ass fade out. Also, best personal favorite. Uh, and it's, that's not surprising. This is a very beloved album. This one has simply, simply put, this mm-hmm. is a, I think the pacing of this one is super fucked up and not that great. Yeah. It has songs in here that I don't like. And I think that, and it's just uneven. But there is no album with as many of their best songs on it than this one. There's too many amazing songs in it. There's too many. I can't yeah. deny it. Um, you ever? I'm gonna butcher his last name. Uh, Stephen 
Was it Mal? Oh, Malkmus from yeah. Uh, Pavement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, covering this. Yeah, I covered uh, the entire album. The entire album. The entire album. Oh well, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm. I haven't heard. I'm curious. I don't, I don't know. If, I mean, I love Stephen Malkmus and I love Pavement. I don't know if I'll love him doing this album. <laughs> I think I purchased it just because I was interested, and I'm just like, it's good. All right, all right. It's close enough. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot about this that I love. I mean, okay. So I'll start with the negative because I have plenty of positive negative. Obviously I don't love pinch as an opener. Uh, and then soup, which is anybody who's heard this album knows it's, Oh, soup is the song where either it makes the album perfect or it fucking ruins the album for you. I'm assuming you like soup. I do. I notice every song you hate. I have notes here about like how how much you like it. <laughs> I like when he does. I can only describe them as cornholio vocals. Yes, he does cornholio vocals. Yeah, it's why I said he sounds like an auctioneer. <laughs> he just starts. Blah, blah, blah. He sounds like the crazy cat lady or, or fucking yeah uh, or t- the Tasmanian devil. But soup uh, is a song that I always skipped. Oh, it always just annoyed the fuck out of me. Never cared for it, and then. Now I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm going to, I have to really digest the song. And the first five minutes, I'm like, this rules. Mm-hmm. And then the remaining five minutes. I th- I think it's one of the first songs where it's like, oh, those are electronics too. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Well, yeah. I mean, I hear them, but I, yeah. I didn't really, it didn't stuck out to me like that. Uh, Cause the first five minutes are like regular ass can jamming on something really cool and it's mm-hmm. it's a much heavier vibe not even vibe it's a much heavier riff than anything else in the album it's very cool it hits hard i'm like yeah this is this is actually very fucking cool and then and then around six minutes a little earlier that's when the weird shit comes in mm-hmm. and all the wackiness and then it just gets annoying i mean annoying for a cool four minutes straight I did write that there is dicking around on this. A lot of dicking around. Like, again, it's if it was just the first half and they cut the second, I'll be like, this is perfect. Oh, beautiful baby. Uh, But it's just where I'm at. I've I've never been a fan (laughs) of that song. Uh, My brother Robert, he is like, this is his favorite can album too. And uh, he loves soup. So it's a perfect album to him. Uh, and, I, and it just, it makes me envious. Like, I wish I liked it like that. Like, yeah. fucking God damn it. Come on over to the dark side with me and Robert. I <laughs> want to like it. I just don't, I don't decide these things. No but, one does. But the rest. So every other song I have uh, an, an infinite amount of good things to say. So Sing Swan Song is one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. It's one of my favorite songs probably of all time. I like had this idea of what I thought the song was. Or like what I remember, and then like when I was just like really sitting, I'm like, man, those guitars are so pretty, absolutely gorgeous. It's really dark, but it's truly devastatingly like, beautiful. The electric guitars almost sound like bagpipes. Uh, I don't, I don't bagpipes. Maybe I'm stretching a little bit. Either way. <laughs> The way the electric guitars mix with like the acoustic guitars, very interesting. And uh, it's a yeah. lot of really interesting textures on that one. Yeah. Even, even the synth stuff is, is really, really cool. Uh, there's some hilarious ass percussive sounds. I don't even know what you call them other than hilarious spring sounds, <laughs> like, like full on boiling sounds in this legitimately serious and dark song. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't 
come across as ridiculous. I, like for some Somehow reason, they pulled it off. It all fits. I don't even understand how it fits, but it's fucking great. I can't really convey how much I love that song. It is. It's. It's like the song that made me fall in love with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one more night. Uh, I. This is not a, like a. Uh, hyperbole kind of thing. Uh, I think it is literally my favorite driving song of all time. Oh shit! If that I, makes sense. If I'm gonna, I have pondered a lot of life decisions to that song yeah. in the car. Like that. That's I. It's like five minutes. I wish it was fucking forty-five minutes. Yeah, that I, can song should be. I can hear it forever. One yeah. more night, I can listen to forever. Yeah. There's just something about it that. Um. There's there's vocals, but they're very minimal. But. The, specifically the, the the key sounds in there they're they're so dreamy and again it's this, not psychedelic i mean it is but it's it's more driving pardon the pun and more <laughs> uh like it moves more it's like of that one i probably reminds me the most of noi mm. uh, out of any of, it, any of the songs on this album that's for sure i do think about driving music when i think about it it's just the fucking autobahn baby exactly uh. exactly it's it's that type of of I, it's a driving i don't want to i keep using the word driving but it, it's a driving beat where it's constantly moving it's never changing it's steady it has this good pace to it and it, it just moves it keeps moving uh and something like infinite about that song like you really can't put it on a loop forever and it, uh, they um how you're talking about the wacky percuss percussion on the last song there's again i don't know much like you didn't know what that I can only say it's like a power drill. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like man, you motherfucker, and it doesn't sound out of place. No, <laughs> like legit power drills. <laughs> I forgot about I, the, all I, the fucking power drills. I think I accurately time stamped this one. Let's see. Oh nice. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a what dent- is that? Like a dentist? Yeah. <laughs> Demo, the original. It's seven. It's in seven eight two. Yeah, the original ASM ASMR. He's doing some patent shit. Oh yeah, that's thought, that's yeah. Super Mike Patton. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, one of the. I'm assuming a huge influence on Mike Patton, if I had to guess. Um, I didn't realize that song was in seven eight. I just counted it right now. Um, it's it's another it's a good example of like mm-hmm. a song that deceptively complex. Yeah, that that I feel like one more night is a hugely underrated song because because following it, I mean it's sandwiched in between two of their more popular songs, but um, Vitamin C is the one that was sampled by everyone and and fucking Jaden Smith and featured in. I don't. I like the song a lot. I don't know why it's that song. So it's a phenomenal song. It's one of their best songs. Yeah. I love it. I I have a feeling why it's the one that everyone goes to. Because it's an average length. No, no, it's because of the chorus. Uh, it's just it's an undeniably catchy vocal line. I, I guess that's the other problem is there's not a lot of choruses. And, there's no yeah. Ken doesn't have a lot of choruses. Not a lot of uh, moments of like oh you can sing along to that. Mm-hmm. Vitamin C is one of the few moments in their entire catalog where you can sing along to it. The best part, though, is because it's gibberish, you can sing along. It's, well, he's saying, well, well, I'm saying with all their well, a lot yeah, of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can kind of mumble your way through it. That's what he's doing. Yeah. But yeah, vitamin C is, uh, yeah, it's, 
really hard not to like that song. No, it's a great song. Hey, this, yeah. Our buddy Daniel, he posted something and it had like the Jaden Smith thing on it, and I lost my oh, shit. That's at him. why you. Yeah. I I got I kind of got I went uh, spazzy nerd on him. Mm-hmm. I was like, listen, dude, that fucking sucks, and you suck. I didn't say any of that, but I said. This is where it's taken from, by the way. Yeah. And I sent him this song. He's like, oh, shit, dude. This is great. Is all Krautrock Krat- like this? And I said, no, <laughs> no it's not. No. <laughs> it is not all like that. This, this is Ken. Ba- this band isn't even all like this. This band isn't even all like that, but also Ken is like the best. So yeah. you, uh, it's understandable that that's you would hope that all Krautrock sounds like that. But yeah, it's an, it's an undeniably catchy song. It's hard to deny. Uh, it's very fucking cool. But the other song... Uh, on here that that would qualify along with She Brings the Rain as let's put it on the radio because it's a pop song. I'm so green. Absolutely. <laughs> what the fuck? What? I actually literally heard this on the radio at a coffee bean once and I was like, wait, that's not can. There's no way that's fucking can. That's funny you heard it at a coffee bean because a few songs I use like coffee shop lounge music as descriptors. Yeah. So I can I can see it. That is that feels like can trying to fit in with like american bands of the time and i'm like don't yeah i would I say don't it's not a bad song no it's a good song yeah. but it definitely does feel out of place uh, and it's so oddly poppy and, and happy as shit yeah and it feels out of all the songs on this album the least confident especially like in the vocals that's a good way to put it yeah, yeah. it's not there's there's no really driving factor in, in, in any of the instruments in that song especially vocals vocals are kind of like um they're hushed, but they're, I don't know, they feel kind of, they're not as, again, confident and concrete. It's like some of the other songs where they have really definitive yeah. things. Even, even in One More Night where he's doing that fucking whisper shout mm-hmm. thing um, where you can kind of hold on to that. I'm so green. It's, 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 it does feel like they're trying a thing there. Like, yeah, let's just try this happy, kooky thing real quick. Also, it's sandwiched between two beast songs. Well, for me. So the closer is Spoon, which was apparently a hit. Like a like a legit hit, good. First of all, good. But that I never would have guessed that. It's one of their like one of their best songs. Again, one of their best. I mean, fucking so strange, so perfectly strange. Mm-hmm. And that's like um along with vitamin C. That's like the other song with like a really definitive vocal line or vocal mm-hmm. hook. Um. May, I think that's my, my favorite Damo Suzuki vocal performance out of everything just because it's such a, a really pretty unusual vocal line. Cause like the song itself, I don't know how to categorize that at, in, in terms of mood or feel. It's not like it's not could, dark or sad or happy. It's just like this odd. I would quirky play, thing. I'd play it at a coffee shop. I would too. Yeah. It's that good where I wouldn't feel uncomfortable putting it on in front of like strangers. Fucking normies. It's just a strange song. It's, it's, really unusual but it's not inaccessible awesome. yeah for sure i can't think of actually a single song on top of my head that's like that where it's accessible but strange and and you can't really categorize it as feeling one way or another that's almost this whole album like to summarize this album yeah it has no one mood yeah everything is so wildly different on here uh my biggest problem Ultimately, the biggest problem is the pacing, and that is because what I was saying earlier on soundtracks, uh, Soup is one of the shorter long songs. It's like a like ten minutes or whatever. But that its placement on the album feels weird mm. uh, because once it's over, once you get through Soup, 
I'm so green and spoon are so fucking short. It feels weird. Like the album ends after two really brief songs. It's like, it doesn't sound weird when I'm explaining, Oh, it's a long song and then two short songs. Then it's over. But it, you feel it when you're hearing it all the way through. It's like, Oh, it's over already. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking. I guess like this wasn't, I was just like, Oh man, I'm having such a good time working on this episode. Oh, yeah. It's I did, so fun. Yeah. It was this was not work. This is not work. This is most of these I didn't have to listen to multiple times, but I, I did just for fun. Uh heard them so many fucking times. But yeah, this one it's like even though I have so much problems with the pacing, I, I have problems with it as an album. Some of the best songs of all time are on it. Yeah. You can't deny that. I can't I couldn't possibly deny it. It's too fucking good. I love this so much. <laughs> It's, it's argue, I guess it's arguably a better like jumping on point, but it is because it has more, songs. uh, more, so more digestible songs, yeah. more accessible songs. Some of the more, uh, 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 more dense collection of their good songs, but Tago Mago, it, it's like you're, you're putting it on from start to finish. The first four are going to hook you. Like the first four are going to be like, damn, this is, whereas here, like you have to get through pinch, which is a lot. It's nine mm -hmm. minutes and it's kind of doesn't go, go anywhere. And then it has this really cool straight. And then he hits soup. He's like, fuck, it's another roadblock. And you want to get like, through that one. Uh, I love, I love pinch and soup too, though. I wish I loved them. Yeah. It just feels the, they hurt the pacing for me and only, but without them, the album would be 10 minutes long. So you kind of, you kind of need them there. I think they're rad. All right. All right. But it is my best and personal favorite. Always has been. I didn't. I was kind of hoping I would change my mind later in life, but I, I just I, love it. I feel like I've just been under my rock and I've never really talk, have talked to other people about cans. So like, yeah, very rarely, almost never. I can think of maybe one person. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, can. Yeah, let's talk about can. Not even with you until right Yeah, not even, exactly. Until right now. We just sort of sat on this one for three and a half, almost four years. Well, and then you throw in our actual friendship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I was talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah. Like That's funny. We because I definitely <laughs> liked them before I met you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, same. And we just we just this never came up. come up for some reason. We, we need to start a new a new movement. Bringing up can in the first meeting. Yes, yes. What's your thoughts on can? Yes. What? Oh, you don't know it's about. Okay, you got to go. Okay, got to go. Got to go. Uh, but yeah, my best impression favorite. It is rad. It's people like it. You must hear it as well. Honestly, our two picks are the ones you should start with. <laughs> if I want to be objective, they're they're actually very good jumping off points. I could see an argument maybe for this next one. As as could I. So we might as well jump into it. Uh, last album we're going to be covering on this episode. So thank you for hanging with us uh, at this time in life. Uh, this is 1973's Future Days. Uh, this one takes a while okay. to start, I believe. I'm going to go a minute in this. Even oh, then. No. <laughs> okay. That, you leave it there. I... The album cover, I love how, like, clean and minimal it is, and, um, normally I'm all for a more psychedelic cover, but there's something, there's just something about this where I'm like, it's so clean, I can't argue with it. Yeah, it's... 
It's all design. It's all just shapes. It's simple, but it feels like it has a personality. That's kind of like Can, where it's like you you recognize these things, but it's also very foreign. Yeah. You ever and, been? You ever been to the Rainforest Cafe? Oh, not since I was a wee lad. I was just thinking about the Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> Why? Oh, because of the song? I don't know. You like... If this was playing at the Rainforest Cafe, I'd, I'd be a regular, dude. <laughs> I don't even know if those places are in business still. So. I think they might be. So this is already way more floaty and free and mellow I, and electronic. I think there's, there's something uh, about this song to me where it feels almost tighter. Not that it's better, but for me, the the more like live sounding tracks have like a looseness to them. Yeah, where I'm like, this is very like very locked in. Very yeah, no. God, those are really nice synths. Also. Let me look up this man's name. R.I.P. to the most recent member of YMO. Oh, uh, is it uh, Takahashi? Right. No, 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 it's um, Takahashi. No, no, it wasn't. Um. Well, I think one had passed, and then... Wait, the second one died? Recently. Oh, no! So this huh. sounds unlike any other can that we've... This is really... Sakamoto. Sakamoto, yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Sakamoto, he was the naughty boy. Fuck. I didn't realize he just died. I literally just bought Robert a shirt with his face on it for his oh, birthday. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a quick little detour, like... You know that doing that episode like really got me into the band, and uh, it's weird like how attached I f- like th- arguably like new to me, and this like when I heard that I was just like, today fucking sucks. At so we lost two out of three YMO members. Yeah, and we have Hosano. He's the last one. Uh, fuck that sucks. Oh man, he. He wanted to be my favorite of all three. That oh, God damn. Yeah, I I don't have favorites like that because it's still very like fresh to me. Yeah, but those yeah those three guys are something special, super special. But anyway, so uh, you're talking about synths and this album is is like the the synth heavy electronic album, uh, and I think honestly their most consistent album. Like this, this is a fucking fair. awesome album. That's fair. It is very lean. There yep. is no well. That song takes a while to get going. There, yeah, I'll say all the things. Most things here take a while to get going. Less dicking around. Way less dicking around. There's no wild experimental stuff. The longest song is 20 minutes, but it is. It's more like a psychedelic dream fest. That that is one of my favorite. Uh, Suzuki performances. Bel Air. There's just something about the way he's singing on that song, and I can't pinpoint it. That this like hits me in the feels where it's like ah, it just feels so good and right. It's fucking beautiful, and, and this is by far, by far the most dreamy album. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's the only time they've actually gone dreamy. Most time, it's it's never even close to this level of like psychedelic, where you it sounds like space sounds in the background, like little like yeah, like old timey uh, spaceship sounds and stuff. There is one other song where uh, I felt oh yeah, Hallelujah. Yeah, I felt like there were like some spacey spacey effects oh, there yeah, spaceship sounds all, yeah uh, but outside of that very yeah. rarely very rarely they're no stranger to the sounds but like here it's like the almost the focal point like mm-hmm. everything here is this is like the get high and chill and listen put on the background album more so than any any other album uh, uh, there's like there's still really good melodies and there's a lot of beautiful stuff here but nothing that's immediately hooky i think that's really easy to grab onto I bought up Bitches Brew earlier. Spray, I made me think of Bitches Brew. Spray uh, fucking rules. Yeah, it's darker and yep. weirder than that opening track. I think the assist from the strings there just really helps bring it on home and makes it a classic can song. Beautiful stuff. Toward the end, it really starts to channel some some Sing Swan song. Mm, yeah. uh, there, there are moments where the, you could hear Damo like repeating vocal phrases, like the 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 vocal lines mm-hmm. um like for, on different albums like i think uh on tagamago you hear some stuff that's that he'll use on vitamin c later on yeah the so there's like stuff like that where they're sharing elements but it's a beautiful song uh moonshake is the only that is the goofy one of the goofiest fucking songs it is the only like whereas Egebamiyasi had a bunch of these really hooky, catchy, shorter songs. Yeah. That's the only one here. It's the only one that you can kind of like listen to in one sitting. Uh, it's cool. I think it's fucking very cool. It has that really kraut rocky drum beat. No, uh, no man, that song's is full full goof troop. But <laughs> you think it's goofy? I don't think it was that goofy. There's fucking slide whistles. Really? Once you put slide whistles in a song. Oh, sorry, oh, sure. I didn't realize. Uh, I thought it. Once you put slide whistles on a song, we're we're done here. You've committed to, uh, uh, and there's all all sorts of wacky noises on that song. It's not just like I didn't even think about it. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't think. About, I guess I've become so accustomed to it because of all the funny sound effects on serious songs that were, and, and you like carnival music. I so. do love carnival music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's fucking rad. Uh, yeah, it's it's three minutes. Whereas the other three songs are nine minutes eight minutes 20 minutes only four songs in the album by the way mm-hmm. uh and yet it still feels pretty condensed and in like not it arguably has like the most dicking around and jamming and like ah, we're just gonna wander over here for 10 minutes yet it still feels the most cohesive and consistent yeah yeah that's what that's what brings it together uh some some home bases to go to on this one instead of wandering all over the place even with bel air which is a thing it does here that it doesn't do on any of the other other giant songs it starts out with the section it goes i mean five minutes in it gets it gets busy it speeds up um, and then also also something about bel air uh while you're there you would think this band would do more chanting like things oh not really but you get it for a section in Bel Air, uh, this one that is but, cool. Yeah. That is cool. Uh, so it starts out with this this section, and then it, it goes. You know, it fucking takes this journey, it goes all over, and then ten minutes in, it goes all ambient. But at the very, very end, it comes back to the main, the first riff, the first section, mm-hmm. which is something they don't ever, they haven't done before. This where it's like, all right, 
This is still one song, everybody. Just reminding you, it's the same song. Uh, whereas before, it would just trail off or just end abruptly. And it, yeah, it it feels more like let's put some thought into how to construct this. And it's still jammy, it's still free and, and loose, but we're gonna tie it all together. There's a guitar solo around 16 minutes or so where like my brain this kind of broke because I was tired or whatever. I was like, man, that's some mean guitar and. Mean guitar, not even guitar playing. My brain was just like guitar. And now guitar could also be a verb. <laughs> it is. <isn't>. Uh, <laughs> like this was a, uh, it was, I considered it giving it best, but um, because of how consistent it is, there's no fat. On, like, again, there's fat, but it's like I, canned fat. So it's, I was surprised to find out this is more popular than, than taco. I was surprised to find that out as well. Uh, but like, it's consistent. It's a better paced album. It's like out of all of them, I think it just has the best flow. None of the songs stick out as like, oh, fuck. Whereas every other album before this has at least one song. It's like, mm-hmm. fuck. Also in a weird list, looking at this Wikipedia, I see in 2005, GQ listed it as the 100 coolest albums in the world right now, which is oddly specific. It came in at number 70. And I could say that is around the time I went in the s- second most populated market in America to watch demo and no one was fucking there. <laughs> so w- what then GQ? What the fuck now? Or, huh? or maybe GQ was just more hip than <laughs> maybe or I full th- of shit. Like every other, I just, think, I just think that's interesting that what a silly Hundred coolest albums in the world right now. It even, right now, it even has an explanation point, which you don't see that often on these titles. What's that? Uh, shitty. Well, I guess it's a good song though. Right here, right now. There's no other place I'd rather be. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a song. Someone will know what it is. I'm too lazy to look it up. Leave it in the comments. Yeah, whenever I hear right now, I think of that song. So, oh, there it is. <laughs> uh but future days i guess i mean that's about it like this after this for now arguably the second episode is going to be more 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 interesting yeah i mean just more like drama i guess so to speak not like drama drama but like no one really talks about most these albums yeah too so yeah it'll be an untapped market that's for sure yeah uh but yeah D- uh, diamond left after this i don't know exactly the reason i do know that he's around still he's one of the few members in this band that's still alive um yeah I mean, holger died like you know f- six years or so ago along with jockey they died in the same year uh, when did michael die i believe he, he died earlier way mm. way earlier yeah he died in 2001 way earlier uh but but ermin is still here uh and he uh, seems to be doing well, <laughs> but, but yeah, Don was still around. He does like his own crazy. He's very prolific. He does a lot of experimental shit. He, I'm sure I wouldn't like any of it, um, but I mean, it's just experimental stuff. I like how once in a while he'll this work with the random artists. I like like there's this weird like hip hop producer uh, called Six Two. Oh, you like oh Six Two? Yeah, yeah. I worked with Six Two, and I'm like that's crazy. And then of course, you know the God. Omar Rodriguez Lopez. Oh, right. Uh, he is extremely prolific. He's, uh, he is on a lot of records. He's on. A, I mean, go to his Wikipedia. It's 
wild. Oh, and he, of course he fucking did shit with black midi. I need to look that up. Did, holy shit, did he? Oh, okay. I didn't even know that existed till right that now. That is what we are a fan of black midi. That is okay. Okay, that's that's that fits. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. But that about does it for this era. Stay tuned for part two in the coming months or weeks. I don't know exactly how long these take, but it'll be, it won't, it won't be like, we're not going to make you now. wait on this one. No. Yeah. This one isn't, it's only two parts instead of usually we do three parts. So it's not going to be as bad, but um, let's do a little, little recap. Uh, worst, least favorite delay. Um, just cause it's not really like the nature of can, but it's still good. If you're a fan. Go go listen to it. Best personal favorite, Tago Mago. I just, I love it. I love the dicking around. I love the psychedelia. Um, the insanity. <laughs> the insanity and paper house will live forever in my heart, which is more than I could say for most people that I meet. Couldn't have said it better myself. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, worst least favorite, same as Alex, Delay 1968, or the original title, Prepare, prepare, prepare to Meet Thy Noom. It looks like it says Poon, and I keep almost saying that. Uh, it's, that's what it's called. <laughs> it's good. It's good, but it is. it has the most roughness, and it's the least consistent in it. it they're still ironing things out, clearly. Uh, and best personal favorite, Ege Bamiasi. Uh, the same, all the things you said about Paper House, I will say about Sing Swan Song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's, if you have to hear Ken, if you haven't heard Ken, listen to fucking Ken, dude. <laughs> They're just the best. God damn it. But thank you so much for listening and watching and hanging out. If you want to hate us and talk some shit, leave some comments. They're all there for you. You can also not do that and subscribe and be cool. Uh, you can find me on all social media at Panda Monkey and Alex on Instagram at Every Album Alex. Hell yes, please be sure to follow our history guy, Tom Osmond at Tom Osmond Sounds everywhere, as well as TomOsmondSounds.com for all his music. He just put out a new album uh, called Industrial State of Mind. And you can find links to all that in the description, um, as well as his Substack. TomOsman.substack.com where he interviews artists, writes about music and all the good stuff. It's very cool, very interesting. And well, I think we have to do the important thing and plug our Patreon because that is why we're doing this episode. We would we would have done them ourselves, but it's a lot easier when we know what you guys like. And they specifically say cover can, and we say Yes, we will. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, patreon.com slash every album ever. Bonus episodes. You can see our schedule in advance. Uh, vote on polls like this one and to decide who we're covering next. Uh, you can also join our Discord and be a part of our little community. Suggest episodes for our, or suggest albums for our EAE singles episodes. And if you're tier two, bigger than Jesus, that means you can suggest a full ass discography for us to cover on our bigger, longer numbered episodes. So, do that. Thank you. Uh, also check out my debut EP Panda Monkey link in the description it's cool rad uh, okay we gonna wrap it mm-hmm. what we gonna wrap it with you don't have to go with it and it's weird well it's not weird but I dislike it as a closer I'm gonna suggest she brings the ri- like she brings her I am I'm not opposed to, to that I'm open to suggestions so <sighs> here's the thing I like I like that you chose. I wasn't expecting you to choose that one. I like that you chose that one. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. All right, we're doing because okay. the one I want is not as good of a of a closer. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I I would say that okay. I, we're doing that. So thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya.
Yes, I care if she brings me spring, but don't care about nothing. She brings the rain. Oh, yeah, she brings the rain. In the dawn of the silvery day, clouds seem to melt away. She brings the rain. Oh yeah, she brings the rain. She brings the rain. It feels like spring. Magic mushrooms out of dreams. She brings the rain. Oh yeah, she brings the rain. Cement of yellow, gray disappears. Flying on the raven's wing, she brings the rain. Oh yeah, she brings the rain. Yes, I care. She brings me spring, but don't care about nothing. She brings the rain. Oh yeah, she brings the rain. Brings the rain. It feels like spring. Magic mushrooms out of things. She brings the rain. It feels like spring. She brings the rain. It feels like spring. She brings the rain. It feels like spring. She brings the rain. Silvery day, clouds seem to melt away. She brings the rain. Oh yeah, 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 she brings the rain. Oh, yeah,